So my guest on today's show has a very, very cool job, and he helps entrepreneurs and small business owners all over the country uh, to save money uh, when it comes to tax planning and taking advantage of some of the loopholes that exist in the tax code. Uh, All of you guys, we talk about how to uh, create businesses that work harder for us. Part of that is really understanding. Have a team of, uh, of professionals around you that can help you make the most of the work you do, right? Working smarter, not harder. Today, uh, my guest on today's show is Mark Myers. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Don't go anywhere. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated solely to helping you build a more profitable restaurant. We cover marketing, operations, and just about everything in between. Each week, I leverage my 20-plus years in the industry to help you build that more profitable and more sustainable business. I also work directly with operators all over the world through my P3 Mastermind program. What are the three Ps? They stand for Profit, process and progress. They are our core values, uh, the fundamentals, the foundation upon which we build our businesses. So if you've got a busy restaurant but struggle to generate consistent, predictable 20% profits month after month, then set up a free 30-minute strategy session with someone from my team. We'll get to learn more about you and your restaurant. You'll get to ask some questions about the program to see if you're a good fit for the program. If you uh, want to learn more, get started by visiting restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. Again, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. Set up a free 30-minute call. As always, you'll find that link in the show notes. Now, we all know managing costs is one of the most important parts of running a profitable restaurant, especially now. But between fluctuating vendor prices, waste, labor, and the never-ending list of tasks that demand your attention on a daily basis, it can be challenging for even the most experienced of us to manage costs well. That's where Margin Edge comes in. Margin Edge is a complete restaurant management software that automatically uses data from your POS and your invoices to show you your food and labor costs in real time. Don't wait until it's too late. Margin Edge gives you tools to make decisions in the moment, like a daily P&L, price alerts on key ingredients, and real-time plate costs, all without ever having to touch a spreadsheet. Take control of your costs, work more efficiently, and be more profitable. Learn more at marginedge.com slash chip. That link is also in the show notes. As I said just a minute ago, the guest, uh, my guest on today's show is a guy named Mark Myers. One of the things I love to be able to do on this show is present interesting conversations, conversations you're not going to find necessarily on other restaurant podcasts. Again, we're not restaurant owners. We are business owners, right? We run businesses. We run profitable uh, organizations, profitable firms that generate revenue for us and our families. And Mark Myers does that. He's got a really great title. Uh, I'm going to let him do it. He is the founder and CEO of Peak Profit Solutions. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Chip. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, And being the the tax savings architect that I am, uh, we'll have some fun conversations around how uh, people can keep a lot more of that uh, hard-earned profit that they 
uh, receive. Yeah, yeah, there it is. So we uh, we did a little prep call as we just sort of we're, we're mapping out uh, what we might want to talk about, sort of how what he does uh, might affect uh, the audience, all of you guys listening, um, and the tax savings architect. Uh, I, I love it. So uh, I'm going to let Mark explain a little bit of, uh, about his company, what he does, um, but I think this directly aligns uh, with what we spend so much time talking about on this show, about going from an operator to an owner, uh, about building businesses that are very profitable so that the business can work for us instead of us just working for the business. And when you do that, when you get your business working for you, what then? And that's very much what Mark does. So Mark, explain your company, what made you found your company, and, and what you guys do. Absolutely. And I'd love to. So interestingly enough, and I'll start with this, I'll, I'll, I'll try not to be too long with this, but interestingly enough, I didn't start in the tax efficiency space. I'm not a CPA. I'm not a tax attorney. I'm also not a financial advisor. So people are like, how in the world did you get into advanced tax planning? Well, it started in, I started out in New York, in your neck of the woods, Chip, yep. running, a, running high-end health clubs for a, a little company at that time called Equinox, and now they're a lot bigger. But essentially what I was doing was uh, I was acting as an owner-operator for this company that grew location over location over location, and I was treated as an owner-operator. And I was responsible for Mark, you know, for driving revenue, managing expenses. I got bonused on EBITDA profit margins. And after just working my, you know, working my hands to the bone, I realized uh, I'm never going to get financially where I want to be. And this industry, the fitness and wellness industry, is a 365-year monster. And I'm, I can't, you know, pull 80 hours a week, you know, year over year. It's too too much. Yep. So in that process, I realized, well, I understand how to run a business. I've done it successfully for someone else for a number of years. I'm going to be a consultant to business owners and speak their language, and I'm going to do some insurance work, right? Because in the insurance space, there's a lot of reasons why business owners could use good insurance. So I started doing more advanced planning and insurance, and that was back in 2007, 2008. But what I realized over the last decade was there's way more, way more opportunity in what I call the advanced tax planning space, specific to people finding coupons for their tax bill. When I say coupons, I like to say that because there's 75,000 pages of tax code, and in that tax code, there's a lot of coupons. The first, say, 5,000 pages is how to pay your taxes, and the next 6,000 to 80,000 plus is different rules and tax codes and ways to use that tax code. And when you understand what's possible, you can actually reduce your tax bill. And this is why most of the larger corporations and obviously the ultra wealthy, and you don't have to be ultra wealthy to pay low tax. It's just, you have to have, you have to understand the tax code and use it to your benefit legally. So that's where I, you know, move fast forward, you know, over the last say eight to 10 years, it's really been about I put my miner's hat on and I go out there and I vet, I look for and I vet the coupons. And I have tax yeah. attorneys and CPAs that work around me and they, I use them to help vet. And when I find a coupon that's legitimate, like this is a great coupon, I put it in my toolbox. And now what I do is when I talk to business owners, restaurant owners, people that are working hard and every pro, every penny of profit matters – or even if they just have tons of pennies of profit and they're like, I'm tired of cutting a 50% tax check yep. to you know a business partner that doesn't help me in business, right? Yep. Federal and state. Yep. <laughs> so um, 
that's when it's interesting. So now I can help those individuals keep a lot more of their hard-earned money. Yeah. So that's a fun process. So Peak Profit Solutions essentially started out as a business consulting, more insurance, advanced, advanced insurance planning, and it's medical. I don't even use insurance hardly anymore. I mean, I can, but most of my work now is how many coupons are you not using yep. that you could be, and let's put them in place. And I don't. I'm not going to enter. Enter. I'm not going to um, interrupt your relationship with your CPA. I'm not going to tell you how to how to invest your money. I'm going to work with your team, yep. and we're going to get these things in place if you want to use them. So, so it's been a I lot mean, of fun. I, yeah, I love that. I love that so much. And and again, there's there's alignment in the conversations that uh, that I have uh, with the audience that I have with the the people in my mastermind, the the people that I coach. Um, and so much what we're trying to do is to make sure. Uh, the people have got a business that's as profitable as possible. Um, that's something that I work very closely on to, to maximize the return for the owner. I always say I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate. If nothing else, I'm an advocate for restaurant owners. I'm a cheerleader for them because I, I believe they deserve as much as they can get out of that. But then they get all of that. That's when they come to you. So I know, I know you work with a lot of small business owners, um, which, again, was uh, of particular interest here because – most of the audience are uh, independent operators, independent owners. Uh, maybe they've got a multi-unit business, uh, but we're not talking 20, 30, 40 uh, locations. We're probably talking three to eight, maybe as many as 10. There are certainly some outliers, and, and uh, but I think the majority of the audience listening to this will recognize themselves in this statement. Is that it's a lot of people running one uh, one restaurant, two restaurants, three restaurants. Um, in many occasions, it's a family-run business. And, uh, and, and so I, I told you before we hit record um, that I, I've set out when I started this podcast four and a half years ago to never do any interviews. Um, and I've now do an interview every single week. Um, and largely, uh, I found that the audience really wants interviews. But I think what the audience wants um, is that they want interesting interviews. And when I was connected to you, I just thought, yeah, I've never, I've never heard anybody like Mark. I've never heard you know, these conversations on a restaurant podcast. Certainly we talk enough about profits and service and, you know, and, and, and cost of goods sold and, you know, how to keep our beverage costs down, how to drive more revenue, how to get private dining sales and all of these things. But I thought, Hey, let, let's focus in, let's focus just in on the, on the restaurant owner say, Hey, you got a profitable business. It's generating a consistent, a consistent, predictable number every single month. And, now you come in, you say, okay, now we're gonna minimize your tax bill, utilizing the tax code to your benefit, like the wealthy, like the ultra wealthy, like tons of corporations do because they have people just mining like you do. So you got the same kind of miner's hat that they do. Talk to me about, you talked about coupons, right? That there are, there are different things. You go, you find it, you vet it, you make sure. You've got now what, 10, 20, 50 different potential tools in your arsenal. You meet with somebody and you say, hey, I think you could be good for these five. I think these 10 are going to be good for you. I think these three are going to be perfect for you. Talk to me about some of the, I'm going to ask you right out of the gate, talk to me about some low-hanging fruit that maybe restaurant owners who spend a great deal of their time focusing on their business, talk to me about some low-hanging fruit of what they may not even realize is available to them. Absolutely. No, I love I love talking about the um, the chip shots, so to speak, and you'll, you'll, you'll laugh when I when I tell you the background of this uh, of this coupon, because the chip shot is a is a pun, um, but again, uh, you 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 stated exactly how the process goes. I mean, really, a, a quick analysis, uh, you know, a quick conversation with someone will open up the door to potentially, in my mind, 
up to say eight coupons. <clears throat> Usually I don't want to integrate too many more than that because it becomes, you know, you don't want it to become arduous. Like how many coupons really move the needle, right? Okay, if there's eight coupons, but four yep. move the needle, well, let's just use the four or the three, depending on the person's desire. Um, so that's a fun process. But like the low hanging fruit, I call it the chip shot. Uh, a lot of the owners don't realize, and this is, you don't even have to be, well, you don't have to be a business owner to take advantage of this this tax code or this this coupon that's been around for 50 years. And a lot of people have probably maybe, maybe even heard of it, but they've never kind of dug deep into it. Or maybe their CPA is like, oh, no, no, you should, don't do that. Or, or the CPA doesn't even say that. They just say, I've heard of that, but I, you know, let's move on. Do you have any more? Do you have anything that you can buy, any capital expenses that you need to reduce your tax, right? So <laughs> but what they're saying is spend right. a dollar to save like 40 cents, right, is what they're telling you. So interestingly enough, 50 years ago, in this little town called Augusta, Georgia, where every single year someone gets a little green jacket, they're all proud because they got the green jacket. I'm going to quiz you, Chip. You might not know the answer, but do you know what, why Uh-oh. they're getting the green jacket in Augusta? <laughs> I put you on the spot. I, I do not know why uh, Masters Champions get the green jacket. Um, I just assume it's because it's it's cheesy. Is, is there a reason why it's green? No, no. You you actually, I was just going for a bigger question because some bigger most some people don't realize, not just don't care about golf, and they have no idea what happens at Augusta uh, every year. But at oh, least I'm, that was I'm where a, I was I'm going. So you know, I'm out there. I'm out there a couple times a week. I, I play, so I get it. Okay, perfect. So every year that green jacket is awarded. Now, here's the thing. 50 years ago, Augusta's a pretty small town, and you know it's an international event. People coming to this town because it's a huge a huge golf event. So the, the wealthy people that lived around the course realized that they could actually take a little trip for a week or a week and a half, and they could rent out their homes because there's a lot of need for nice places for corporations to rent to hobnob and bring their clients and you know basically you know or for people that just wanted to have a really nice place close to the course they realized they could rent their homes and essentially have a nice little profit from it interestingly enough these same individuals who have friends that are in congress and senate said you know we don't get a lot of benefit for our personal residences there's not a lot of deductions and write-offs and at that time, 50 years ago, you could still write off all your mortgage interest. Of course, you can't do that anymore. But so their friends in the House basically listened to them and they voted into a law. It's, it's section code 162 and 280A. There's two different section codes in the tax that basically say if you own or control a dwelling unit, whether it's your primary or whether it's a secondary home, like a vacation home, it can even be an RV or a boat as long as it has a kitchen and a bathroom and it has like HVAC. And it's not income producing, like you're not Airbnb in this thing and making money on it. It's just a, a your property or vacation home. You can rent it to another person, third party, up to a certain number of times per year. And the rent, the income that you receive for rent is not taxable, according to 162 and 280A. So these individuals uh, were getting chip shots every year because they were getting 50 grand a year for a week and a half worth of, uh, of renting their home. And they, that was 50 grand they didn't have to pay taxes on it. And a lot of these, you know, if they're in a 37% federal bracket, you know, do the math. What's 37% of 50 grand? That's free money. Yeah. So where I'm going is this chip shot is available for any person. You don't have to live in Augusta because guess what? Your business is a third party. It's another person. 
So you can actually put a policy in your business to essentially rent a third-party meeting space for board of directors meetings or business strategy meetings or whatever, accounting meetings, whatever you want to do, and just rent your house up to that certain number. Yeah, there's a lot of rules to doing it right, but essentially that can be anywhere, I say, from $20,000 to $50,000 a year, depending on the location, right? Somebody that lives close to Boston or Santa Monica is going to have a big different deduction than somebody that's living in a small town in Indiana, right? Because it's all about comparables. How much can you justify renting your home? Because you could have rented another space for that meeting. So, hey, if you want to take your first twenty dollars to $50,000 of income tax-free, let's use the chip shot that Augusta gave us 50 years ago and put that in place. So this is just something as simple as saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold my, uh, my annual meeting or you know, X number of meetings at my house, even though I live there and we do it there anyway, and I'm going to pay rent just like I would pay rent to rent a boardroom or, uh, or a hotel room. And like you said, there are all kinds of different things you've got to uh, stick to. But in essence, it's passing hands on paper. You know, the money's passing hands on paper, and that is guarded from, it's shielded from tax, uh, from paying the heavy taxes. 100%. And, you, you know, like anything, you have to do it right. If you do it yep. and you do it wrong, well, then essentially, you know, if you're ever audited, which, you know, obviously people get audited every once in a while for random reasons. Well, the auditor's probably going to not know as much as you do or, you're, you know, basically because you understand these codes and they're going to say, well, wow. And then once they figure it out, they're going to say, OK, great. Yes, that is legal. But show us that you're actually um, keeping records and doing it right. So if you if you can't show them like that, you're, you have a policy in your company, like in your minutes that shows that it's ratifies that it can rent third party space. So that's one that they might disallow it. Right. Well, your business doesn't even have a policy Two. When is your business even paying you? Like, let me see some invoices. Like, so there's things that need to be done, right, to show this is a legitimate business expense. And because of code 162, section code 162 and 280A, we know that if we do it right on our side, the personal side, the homeowner side, well, this income is not taxable. It hasn't been taxable in 50 years. So it's just about doing it right and, you know, making sure you don't get egregious about it. I mean, I've had clients that, you know, doctor clients said it, or, you know, restaurant. I mean, really, I mean, I work with all kinds of different um, individuals, but, you know, well, they have a 6,000 square foot home that's, you know, 20 minutes from downtown Boston. So we can actually justify like a $7,000 or $9,000 a day rental. But I don't, you know, based off of historical precedent, I don't recommend doing that. <laughs> I recommend a yep. lower number. But so that's something that we can put in place that's just kind of fun because they're, and when I say meetings and events, it doesn't have to be this big soiree. I mean, it can literally be invite a friend or a business. It doesn't have to be an employee. It can be another friend that owns a business. It can be your accountant. It can be your financial advisor. Invite them over for breakfast, lunch, dinner, a cup of tea. You have the right to rent your home up to a certain number of days to a third party, whether, that, whether your meeting is 20 minutes or 24 hours, whether you walk into every space of your home or whether you just stay in your kitchen table. Yeah. And so a thing like this, how would it um, you sort of plan this before the year and say, hey, this is we're going to we're going to do this for 2024. Hey, you got six months left in 2023. We'd like to this is how we're going to work. What sort of you need runway for this? Like you said, you got to make sure you got things in in place for this one particular chip shot, as you said. That's right. And it's easy to put in place. I mean, you know, when I go through this process, I make sure I fully help them 
implement this the right way, know all the uh, ways that they could go wrong if they try to do it on their own, which you know, I always tell people, if you want to Google it and do a lot of research, you could probably figure it out, but it would take you a lot of time and you might miss a few things that are pretty important. Um, but that being said, let's say I meet with somebody for the first time in October and, uh, and they love this strategy like, oh, I already have people over my house all the time or I don't mind having you know big meetings in my home. Well, I say, great, let's put this in place, but I don't recommend you doing, you know, 10 meetings a month for the next two months because that's just egregious, right? Like if someone were to look at that, why did you need to do 10 meetings? Whereas I say, okay, we're only going to be able to get this much tax savings this year because we only have three months left. But next year, you'll be able to optimize the whole how many days you can actually rent your your home and not make the income taxable because if you rent more than a certain number of days... It, the income becomes taxable. So really, it's a matter of timing when they put it in place and, of course, doing it right. And then, of course, just getting into the rhythm. Yeah, every, every, it might be like one or two meetings a month and they're optimizing their, their um, this deduction, right? Because the deduction is an expense for the business, lowers profit from the business. But when it hits the personal bank account, it's not deemed income that's taxable. Pretty cool, right? So it's a deduction yep. that essentially... It's not a dollar. You're not spending a dollar, say forty cents. You're just shifting a dollar from your business to you, and basically taking it tax free because the yep. code says you can't. Right, which a lot of people listening to this are going to see. Um, they're going to see how this connects because they're. I would say most of the people uh, who own businesses out there, especially in the restaurant space, are all LLCs, and so it's a pass through entity anyway. So what you're talking is directly applies uh, applies to their situation. Yes, for sure. Now, I will say this. If they are a disregarded, a single member disregarded, we want to talk about changing the entity type because technically it wouldn't qualify as a third party. If it's a partnership, okay. 1065. If it's an S-corp, if it's a C-corp, obviously you're not going to run into too many C-corps at that size, right? If it's a much bigger, right. maybe a C-corp. That's but, right. Um, so then we look at, okay, well, why are you this structure and would you want to switch structures? Because you can, and if you switch structures, then every year you can pick up free twenty to fifty thousand dollars. And I always go from that range because it's highly unlikely that I can't find comparables if they fully do all the meetings that they can to get them to twenty thousand dollars. But again, if they're in a really nice area of a larger city, well, there's the comparable start, and their home is fairly decent size, then we can justify up to say fifty thousand dollars per year. But but I guess what that point is, they can't do it as a singer member LLC disregarded because it's not a third person. Yeah. Okay. So then I want to take this conversation in a couple different directions, and and I've got a list of questions that have already sort of been uh, put aside because I like the the direction of this conversation. Talk to me about what sorts of things people should look for as a, as an LLC. Um, I I think a lot of people are going you're going to get a fair amount of people listening to this that are single members and. But I, I would say a majority have partners, so it's it's a couple of people um, on the LLC. What talk to me about what sorts of things? And we don't have to go into a ton of depth because I know there's only so much time that we have on here. But talk to me about some of the things that they should look for, that the listeners could look for, or some of the things that you might recommend when you're talking to your clients who fall into that category. I think that would be a particular interest, and then we'll sort of bounce from there because I got a couple other questions. Um, around this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and just note, it's interesting because Chip, I don't bring, I'm not going to bring to them what they've 
heard their CPA say for a number of years, right? It's just not a space that I operate in. Um, so I'm not going to give them more efficiency in tracking and recording and filing or, you know, you, you should, don't miss that deduction. Don't miss this deduction. I'm generally not going there because that's what their CPA is already doing and should be doing, you know, to a certain level. But I am going to say there are other things in the code that you can purchase and utilize as a single member LLC disregarded. Or we okay. maybe even need to set up another single member LLC, right? We, it might be important for you to have an additional business. Why would you have an additional business chip? Well, if that business owner is, uh, and I'm, let me jump into a coupon that's a little bit, uh, it might not be for everyone. But once that business owner is in, say they're in New York or they're in Minnesota or they're in California or any any state that has that, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine percent state income tax. Okay, well, if you're starting to have profit that you're generating, that you're paying taxes on, and you're hitting that three fifty to four hundred thousand dollar mark of taxable income after you've done everything else you can, we start another single member LLC disregarded. And it's not a restaurant business. It's a solar business. Why is it a solar business? Because the federal government has had a congressional green light for the private sector to purchase solar for the last 20 years. Last year in September with the Inflation Reduction Act, they confirmed and made it even stronger. And they said, we not only want you to purchase solar to expand the renewable energy grid, if you're private sector, we're going to give you 30%, 40%. 50%, maybe even a 70% tax credit for every dollar of solar that you put on a roof. So when your restaurant owner is looking at those higher tax bills, like they're getting into that 350, 400 plus of taxable income and they're like, oh, it hurts me to write this check. Well, now we look at, let's start a different business. Do you need to be a, uh, do you need to know a lot about solar? No. Do you need to like spend a lot of time there? No, but you do need to take advantage of the tax code of being that every dollar you spend on that asset inside that LLC that's being managed turnkey by someone else, um, you could get up to 70% tax credit. And remember, tax credits are dollar for dollar. Not like I get a dollar of depreciation, okay, that reduces my income by a dollar. Okay, so if you reduce your income by dollar and you're at 37% tax bracket on the federal plus four or five or six or seven at the state, well, that dollar just saved you 50 cents, 45 cents. But we're talking about a tax credit. If you have a tax credit, it's worth a dollar. So when you buy solar, you're getting tax credit and depreciation because solar, solar panels are depreciating assets and they're buying them on a church or a synagogue or a restaurant. Believe it or not, a lot of our clients are restaurants because why? Because somebody knocked on their door and said, hey, we can give you your energy at 30% less per month right out of the gate. And then in 10 years from now, you're going to be paying at least 50, 60% less. Well, that speaks to business owners because like their energy bill, especially in a restaurant or a hotel or whatever, that's that can be a pretty pricey expense. And they're like, oh, automatically I can save 30, 40% or 25, 30%. Well, there was the catch. How much is it going to cost me? Well, the restauranteur is like, well, they say, it's going to cost you zero because this person over here that has a big tax bill, <clears throat> they're buying it. <clears throat> they're purchasing the solar on your roof and you're signing a power purchase agreement saying that you're, you're happy to pay their solar company for your energy with a net metering agreement with the utility company as well because they're not going to 
totally get out of it. They won a little bit of theirs. But the net result now is um, the restaurant owner signed a 25-year power purchase agreement that immediately gives them 25 to 30% less of energy bill, and it's going to get better and better. So as they're going forward, they're going to pay less and less for their energy. And they didn't have to pay a penny. So that's where, you know, sometimes I'll ask a restaurant owner, a restaurant owner asks me, or an owner, hotel owner, whatever, well, can I just put it on my roof? Yes, you can, but there's, it's actually more, it's more tax efficient for you to buy it on somebody else's roof. <laughs> you get more tax benefits <laughs> when you own it on somebody, other, other restaurant owner's roof. And you don't have to go find these people. Like we basically, if somebody's setting, I set up the LLC for them and they basically, I say, we're going to show you a lot of different solar assets that you can purchase. You choose the one you want. We purchase the amount that you need to maximize your coupon or your discount that year. And it's going to be totally managed by the property manager. Think about it as buying real estate through a phenomenal property manager. You don't even have to find the real estate. Once you buy it, you don't have to, you don't have to take phone calls that says, oh, you know, my toilet stopped up or the roof is leaking, right? You're never getting a call that says my panels aren't producing energy. What do I do? You just bought it and you follow the rules. You take your depreciation. You take your tax credit. And of course, as long as you own it, you're also going to get some cash flow from it too. The difference between real estate and solar is the federal government will pay for the solar for you. Real estate, you got to come out of your back pocket to buy the real estate, but you can literally pay a dollar for a solar asset and get a dollar and 40 cents of tax savings for it. So who just paid for the asset? Today's episode of Restaurant Strategy is also brought to you by Seven Shifts. Seven Shifts is a team management platform built specifically for restaurants. Great restaurants are built by great teams, and Seven Shifts is your secret weapon to better understand your restaurant, to hit labor targets, and to keep your entire team connected. With drag-and-drop scheduling, in-app communication, task management, tip management, and more, it makes restaurant work a lot easier. From back of house to front of house, managers, franchise owners, and larger corporate teams, Seven Shifts has benefits at every single level. Plus, it integrates with the other systems your restaurant already uses, like POS and payroll. Turn your team into your competitive advantage. Restaurant Strategy Podcast listeners get three months absolutely free. Get started at sevenshifts.com slash restaurant strategy. That's the number seven, S-H-I-F-T-S dot com slash restaurant strategy to get three months free and join over 30,000 restaurants using Seven Shifts today. Yes, of course, that link is in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. So now you said this a couple of times. Um, your advice in two different ways was you might be under the wrong, you might be incorporated in the wrong way, right? You're an LLC, maybe you need to be an S Corp. You're a single member. Now you're talking about, hey, maybe you need to open another LLC. And I think this is where a lot of people uh, switch off, and understandably, because their lives, and certainly I'm speaking, I think, for a lot of restaurant owners, their business is already very complicated. They already have to wear so many hats here. Uh, within their business, and it, and I'm guessing a lot of people are going to go. Well, that just seems like one more thing. Like I can't do it. So talk to me because undoubtedly you're faced with this uh, a lot. You're you deal with a lot of different businesses and different industries and all that, and and it's got to be the same in other industries. So talk to me about what do you do when you say this and somebody's like, yeah, that just sounds really complicated. I'm not going to do it. Like where do you go from there? Well, great question, and I can always go back to the basics. But usually when I'm going there, because that coupon comes into play when the tax bill starts to get really painful, and I'm not saying a $10,000 or $20,000 tax bill is not painful, especially when you work so hard, but when they're starting to cut $100,000 checks, $150,000 checks, 500, you know, just depends. <clears throat> then they might realize, okay, maybe it, it's not so bad. 
for me to have this additional entity, entity, particularly if it's turnkey for me. But if we go back to the basics and say, this is this coupon doesn't apply, let's go with another smaller coupon. Well, let's go back to the entity structuring. Um, it may be that an S-Corp could be more efficient than, well, in tax efficiency, than, say, uh, an, an LLC, because with an S-Corp, if you can justify a, a, a salary, and you can justify that salary in your industry, and that salary is less than $157,000, well, every dollar, so say, say you pay yourself a $50,000 salary, but your profit in that business above the $50,000 salary that you pay yourself is $100,000, right? Make $150,000 right. profit, but you can justify a $50,000 salary depending on how you position yourself in that business well you're not going to play and pay employment tax on the difference between 50,000 and 150 if you have an escort if you have an LLC all $150,000 is employment tax that's 15% right you know with your FICA med and social security so if you think about sometimes you're just a little thing is saying if as a business owner now don't try to undershoot your 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 um, salary, right? You can't say, "Oh, I'm a, I make three hundred thousand dollars worth of profit a year, five hundred thousand dollars worth of profit a year, but I only have a twenty thousand dollars salary." Well, that's not going to fly with the IRS. But if you can justify maybe your salary being eighty or eighty-five or ninety thousand dollars, but you got one hundred fifty thousand or more coming out as profit, well, the difference between ninety and one fifty-seven, which is somewhere around one fifty-seven right now, you don't pay employment tax on, and that's fifteen percent of sixty thousand dollars or whatever that number is. That's a good little chip shot that you can do just by saying, yeah, I'll be an escort. Like, I don't know why I was a LLC. I thought it was easy, right? So that's another yep. kind of, uh, they do an LLC because it's just like good at little asset protection. It's pretty easy. Well, when you're leaving, you know, you could potentially, as an escort, remember, if, they, if they're a disregarded LLC, they can't take advantage of the Augusta rule because their LLC is not a an individual. It's not a separate third party. Unless it's a partnership, then it can be, then it's a third party. But if it's just them and their wife or whatever, it might be two reasons for doing an escort. One, now you can have meetings in your home, take your first twenty to thirty fifty thousand dollars of income tax free. Two, set your set a salary of X and justify it. Your CPA will help you justify it. And then every dollar above that salary that you're taking as profit, you don't have the employment tax that you would that you that you do have in the LLC. So those are two little yep. small things. Now uh, I got well. I got another coupon that we don't have to talk about right now. If you have more questions, but it is a, one of those. I'll just clip the coupon and be done with it. Like it literally, it's not like oh, you have to buy solar and another entity. You know, it's like yeah, super yeah, yeah. simple. So no, do it. Yeah, give, give us another another super simple one, and then because there's another line of questioning, I wanna I wanna go down, but we'll get to that. Let's let's close the loop here, and I'm sure, and, and I think that'll be good. Here's another coupon. All right, this one's fun. <clears throat> For 120 years, the federal government in the United States has says, we, we're, we're okay with you being charitable. And if you give to a charity that's a qualified 501c3, you can take a tax deduction for that. So historically speaking, you think about that. Okay, great. I love my house of worship. I love my this group that does great things for kids in my city or in my state. <clears throat> I'm going to give them a dollar. Well, 
Now we're going back to that same conversation that you have with the CPA every year that says, do you need more equipment? You know, why don't you buy more equipment so you can write it off in Section 179 and now you save 40 cents for the, right? If you don't need the equipment, don't buy it. But <clears throat> same thing for charity. Well, you spend a, you give a dollar to the charity and you, if you're at a 45% tax bracket and then it only costs you 55 cents, but they got the dollar. Well, that's pretty cool. You're like, hey, that 45 cents, I want the charity to get it. So it still costs you 55 cents to give the charity a dollar. But what if you gave the charity a tangible asset? What if you gave them something that was worth a lot more than you paid for it? Well, that becomes quite interesting because you can give tangible assets to charitable organizations. One, they need to take it like, hey, what is it that you're going to give us? Like, we don't know. I mean, cash is easy to take, right? But if it's an asset of tangible nature, they need to basically say, yeah, I'll take that. And of course, they need to be able to use it some in what, some way, shape, or form towards their mission. Like they can't just take any old tangible asset. It has to kind of align with their mission. So now that becomes pretty interesting because now you as a business owner, this is where I, you know, you're probably thinking, oh, this sounds pretty complex. Well, you can find buy an asset. And if you're good at buying assets at a discount to their fair market value, and those assets actually appreciate over time, well, then you can essentially donate that to a, um, oh, sorry, it's, I lost you. My pick, I couldn't see you for a second, but you're there. I didn't lose you. So I'll pause for a quick second and just say that um, now you have something interesting. Now, when you have a tangible asset that you that's worth $4, but you only paid a dollar for it, well, now when you donate it, you get a $4 deduction. $4 deduction that was somebody in a, 37% tax bracket. They don't even have state tax. That's a dollar forty-seven in tax savings. So they just paid a dollar for a dollar forty-seven in tax savings. Now you're probably thinking, well, how do I have time to go do all this stuff? Well, what if I said I could bring you the coupon? I could say, buy into this partnership. There's a capital asset that was that was contributed to this partnership. That when you buy into it at whatever amount you want, you own. Your pro had a share of it, and it's worth four times more than you pay for it. Do with it what you want. It's yours. But we do have a charitable organization that is willing to receive it, and they have a they have a purpose for it. So if you just want to buy it in November and donate it in December and get a dollar forty-seven of tax savings for your dollar purchase, do it. That's an easy one, right? It's like I'll buy this for a yeah. dollar, I'll donate it to a charity for a good cause, and I'll receive my dollar forty-seven tax credit. It takes like twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, this stuff's so great. I mean, I, I like, I get it. I mean, this is what we're talking about, right? This is what you hear uh, talking points on the, on the nightly news, right? Like all oh, the, the, all the loopholes in the tax code and all of that. And I, and I, you started off the conversation by saying it's available to everybody. You just have to have access, right? Wealthy individuals typically have access to wealth managers and, and, a, and a team of, uh, of accountants and, and, you know, sort of tax planners and all of that. And so what you're saying is that it's actually, there's a lot more that's available to us if we know where to find it. And, and here you are. Talk to me about, cause in the, for the most part so far in this conversation, we're talking about, Hey, you got a business going, you're sort of generating, you know, income for yourself. How can you minimize your tax bill moving forward? Well, one of the things that uh, that we had talked about when we were going back and forth before this, uh, before we hit record, is you said there, there are certain things that people can do when they start their business. And there's uh, plenty of people who listen to this 
podcasts that uh, that are going to start their business, that they're they're sort of getting ready. So are there things people can do before they even, you know, start, you know, start down that path that they can do to set themselves up for success, you know, again, in this world of sort of restaurants and independent operators, what can they do to sort of get started on the right foot? Yeah, you know, Chip, that's a great question. And I think uh, the easiest answer that I would have for that would be to just do their due diligence um, and find the um, the person that will, can guide them. And, you know, I can be a guidance tool in this as well. But, you know, my, my bigger focus is working with people that once they have their business, right, they started it and they put it on their back. And now, you know, three years later, five years later, seven years later, where they work so hard in the trenches and now they're actually making some pretty good profit. Let's, let's treat your tax line like a profit center because a lot of people treat, you know, this area as a profit center, this area as a profit center. Don't forget that your tax, that your tax should be treated like a profit center because if you're not spending enough time on it, as you mentioned, because you don't have maybe five accountants and tax attorneys that are basically working for you, go there. But let's go back to your question and let's just say, you know, right out of the gate, if you if you are looking at entity structure and you know that, hey, you know what, I get good asset protection from all these entities, but if I have a partnership versus a single member LLC, well, then there's some additional, you know, things that I can do with that. Or if I have an S-Corp versus an LLC or have an LLC that's filing as a subchapter S, well, maybe I can actually benefit from this employment tax arbitrage, right? So it's almost like, you know, think about that before you start because it may be that you do want to do a, an LLC but file as a subchapter S because you do know that you're not going to pay yourself a lot initially and there might be profit above that. So at least you're getting a little bit of tax savings on not having to pay the FICA med and social security on the dollars of profit above your salary. Um, and of course, the other side is, you know, I always like the S-Corps or the, or the partnerships or the C-Corps um, because they are considered a third party. It is a, it is a, a different individual other than you. And now you have that little chip shot opportunity. But that's really, I think, and also know that, I think most people know this when they're working with their CPA, that every dollar that they put into their, um, every dollar they put in their, their company to get it started is obviously, incre- it, it's, it's basis for them. So it's basically increasing the basis of their business, but it's also a deduction to them as well. So if they put a hundred grand in their business in the first year and they didn't profit a hundred grand, they, maybe their profit was a hundred grand. That's a good first year, right? Um, well, they don't really have a tax bill because they put a hundred grand in there uh, of capital, you know. So that would offset the 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 hundred grand of profit after all their expenses. But also too, it's like uh, you know that's increased cost basis. Maybe at some point in time. They want to sell that restaurant to somebody else. Well, at least they know that $100,000 of their uh, income from the sale of that business is not taxable because they kept up with their cost basis. So those are things that CPAs generally are going to do for them. But those are the things that I think are important to think about, like how much am I putting into the business? What is the entity structure? Why would I be this structure or that structure? Making sure that I'm not losing track of my cost basis or my goodwill. Because I, I might want to sell my bre- my business at some point in the future, and you know that's a taxable event too if you if you sell it for a profitable number. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So talk to me because you've said now a couple of times like you're not a CPA, you're not a bookkeeper, you're not you're not replacing any of these people. 
Um, you're not, you're not, uh, you know, a, a broker. You're not, you know, investing people's money for them. You're just the architect in the middle, sort of working with the teams to help maximize this. So, talk to me about small business owners and, and what sort of team they should have around them to be to be most successful, or what you've seen to be most successful. Yeah, I, I really think that um, first thing that they should have is a good CPA. Right out of the gate, gotta have a good CPA. And they probably know that. Second layer would be a financial professional that's more, I would say more of a RIA. And if you don't know what an RIA, if they don't know if they're listening, you don't, have never heard of the RIA, it's Registered Investment Advisor. An RIA typically is going to have a higher level of fiduciary responsibility than just someone that has a securities license. So now that RIA is looking at your that your situation as a fiduciary and more of a planner and less of a product salesperson. Not saying that all securities licensed people are product salespeople, but they do sell products. And so do ROAs. The ROAs, they sell products too, but they're held to a higher level of accountability. So I think a good CPA right out of the gate and in your investment advisor side, maybe look for a registered investment advisor. And I, and I always like, if you think about baseball, you can use a lot of different analogies, but now you've got your pitcher and your catcher, right? That's the basis of what you need to basically play baseball. You need a pitcher and a catcher, but when you start increasing your comp business becomes a little bit more complex. And if you, and if you think about it in a tax way, meaning that your business becomes pro- more and more profitable, well, a lot of people, I, I, Chip, you, I can't tell you how many times I talk to people that are, they're paying sometimes seven plus figures in tax and they only have a CPA and a financial advisor. I'm like, where's your first baseman? Where's your shortstop? Where's your right fielder? Like you're playing baseball with, okay. or you're building a house with a carpenter. You don't, where's your electrician? Where's your, where's your concrete mason? Cause you have this huge house. And you only have a carpenter and, you know, so it's, that's the team that they need to start building is putting in that first baseman and third base when the time is right, add them, but start with the good CPA and an RIA so, and then start adding the other players. Great. So then talk to me about what the infield looks like, right? So, or what it, what it might look like, who, who else you got those two pieces. That's great. And who else are you, who else should they be surrounding themselves with to help them make the most of their business? Well, I'll obviously plug you for obvious reasons. If they don't have a coach that understands the space and, and optimizing, they get, if they don't have someone like you, that's a, a, a huge miss. But now you have to think about, okay. if I'm thinking about it from a tax of a tax planning size, right? Because you want coaches, good coaches need coaches, but ultimately you want somebody that's going to help you optimize your profits, your revenue. Your, that's kind of like my mindset when I left the health and wellness industry is like, let me help business owners optimize their EBITDA margins. Um, but I was just kind of focusing more on insurance. But so I would say next stop is after you have that efficiency coach and that person that can take you to the next level would be on the tax side. Well, do you have a, someone, usually you think tax attorney or tax attorneys, because, you know, think about medical medicine, just because you're a doctor doesn't mean, you know, um, neurology, you might be ear, nose, and throat. You might have an idea about neurology because medical school. But so tax attorneys, just because you're working with a tax attorney or you bring a tax attorney to your team doesn't mean they're going to know 75,000 pages of tax code. They might be really good at this 3,000 pages of tax code. So I would say a tax yep. attorney would be a good layer to bring in. But now it's a question of which one do I bring in and what is their specialty? So I'll plug myself. <laughs> bring someone in 
doesn't have to be me, but someone like me that maybe spends a lot of time in learning the broad tax code and realizing all the different efficiencies and finding that this tax attorney group does this really good. This tax attorney group and CPA group does this really good because there's a lot of different things you can put together. And if you only talk to that tax attorney group, then they're going to give you, a, this is what we do and this is what you should do. But they're not going to tell you that you should also do two other things that work really well with what we do because they maybe don't even know about it. So you yep. need to have that, uh, I guess you could call it a coach, you know, like a, a, a head coach or a assistant coach that can come in and bring in, like, see the, the field as you don't see it. Yep. So uh, so the people that you work with, they got the CPA, they got somebody to handle sort of the investment side of things. They've got attorneys, tax attorneys there. And, and you're, because as you explained it to me uh, before we hit record, is that you sort of act as the middleman in, in a lot of different areas. Hey, this is what I think you should do. I think you should do the following three things on let me put you in touch with or let me work with your team to help you accomplish them. Or if you don't have somebody in there, let me put you in touch with somebody. And, and I like that. I, I like that idea of somebody that's just going to sort of help coordinate uh, all the efforts. But again, I'm asking these questions because my fear is listeners are going to go, this sounds great, but it sounds way too complicated. Uh, and I'm not gonna have the time to do it. So I want to ask you the next thing, which is that talk to me about the time, because if there's anything that I think uh, the listeners, that uh, people in our industry are short on, it's time. I don't have the time to do a lot of things I know I should be doing. Even here, when they say, "Yeah, yes. I, I see how that's going to benefit me," but I, I just, I just can't find that time. So t talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, Chip, that's a great question, and I think that um, first of all, I, I do want to make sure that. The listeners know that when when they have the right Sherpa, right, the right guidance, someone that like if they were trying to do that themselves, it would probably take a lot of time, and they would scrape their knees a lot falling down trying to learn that how to ride that bike. Whereas if you had a really good bicycle coach that basically knew the bicycle backwards and forwards, understood how to make you you know ride that bike quickly, that's the key. So what? What I would say is when I'm coming in and, and, and integrating these solutions, we're doing a cost time analysis. And I'm going to say, legitimately, I can help you turnkey this, this, and this coupon. It will take a little bit of front end, but it will be five hours of your time right out of the gate to learn it. And I'm going to help you because if you did it by yourself, it'd be 15 hours, but I'm going to show you how to do it in five. And then from that point forward, it might be two hours a year two hours a year that you're doing this. And what is it worth? Okay. Well, maybe it's worth $6,000 of tax savings. Okay, well, two hours divided the math, that's $3,000 an hour. That's a pretty good return on investment. Are you willing to do that? Because you do need to do it. You can't just like put these things in place and not, not you know, because, you know, Judge Learned Hand is one of the, like, uh, if you look, he's an old school Second Circuit Court of Appeals tax court judge. And, you know, you think tax court judges are always going to be on the, the, tax side, you know, the IRS side. No, he was one that said in the U in America, there's two tax systems, one for the informed, one for the uninformed. Both are legal, right? So you want to be operating on the informed realm. So yeah, this that. is, uh, you know, it's really fun, but you just know, going back to that time analysis, I'm always saying, hey, this is what your time investment will be. This is what your return via tax savings will be. Is it worth it? If it is, let's go. Let's do it. Let's get you. Let's get you integrated. I love it. And, and so, and what are the steps then 
if people say, hey, th- this sounds great, um, wh- where do I go from here? Yeah, first thing I always say is just have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. I can usually, within 15 to 20 minutes, I can identify at least two or three, I mean, whatever the lowest hanging fruit coupons are, I know what they are and I can calculate based off of the numbers they're giving me. I can usually in 15 to 20 minutes or less, say, hey, there's at least two, three coupons, maybe more, I have to look into your situation a little more. And I'm thinking that we're going to say we're automatically out of the gate at probably reduce your taxes by 25%, maybe 30%. Like that's kind of the first conversation. So that's 15 to 20 minutes of your time. And it's fun. Right? Hopefully it's not, I'm not too boring when I talk to you about have this conversation. And from that point forward, we can determine if they want to do anything more or not. And if they say, yeah, I want to do this. Well, if there's going to be like four or five or six coupons, and I know it's going to be a little bit of an integration process. I'm going to say, hey, you know, you value your time. I want you to, you know, value my time as well. Let me do an analysis for you, a thorough analysis, and bring you back a, a custom tax savings blueprint, which shows you how to use five, four or five or six coupons integrated, and uh, it'll give you a, a savings. That's going to be a fixed flat fee. I'll charge a fee for that, but the outcome is going to be I'll tell them right out of the gate, and I would never charge them a fee if I wasn't sure I was going to save them 30, 40, 50 percent in tax. So I know my fee is, you know tiny, infinitesimal compared to um, you know, what they're going to save in the very first year. So that would be the 15 to 20 minute conversation might lead to a consulting project, which will save them a lot of taxes. Or it might say, I might say, you know what, there's the coupons that I have aren't really the best fit for you. But when you get to this point, let's talk again. Or it might be that, hey, there's only one coupon you can use. I'm not going to charge you a fee for it. Let me just show you what it is and how much you can basically save in doing it. And do you want to do it or not? Right. So that's kind of the yeah. The three conversations outcome. It's like, you're not ready to use some of these coupons. Or two, um, there's only one coupon for to use, and this is your tax savings. Or three, hey, there's a lot of coupons you can use. Let me get really serious about this and let me do an analysis for you. And, you know, of course, it's going to take me some time. So this will be a flat consulting fee, but I'm going to bring you back significantly more tax savings than your, the fee. And then, again, you're going to be doing these things next year and the next year and the next year and not paying me a fee next year. You just paid me a fee to put it all in place for you. So that's how it looks. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. It's great. So it just starts with a conversation. Um, I've loved this conversation. We're coming uh, to the end of our time together. And I always ask uh, every guest on the show uh, the same five questions. So if you're cool with it, I'd love to ask you these five questions. Cool? Fire away. Great. Uh, first one, what's the last great meal you had? Oh, wow. That's an easy one. My wife is an amazing cook. So she makes everything from scratch and she made a, uh, a pad thai that is just to die for homemade. So it was a pad thai okay. um, meal. Love yep. it. I love that. Awesome. Uh, great. Second question. What's the last great hospitality touch you received? Um, that's a good question. I would say going to a location that offers service. And when that service provider tells you that they're giving you a specific area in, like, for example, in a restaurant, that's a little bit more, um, maybe a little bit more set apart or appropriate for you because I'm bringing in two kids. And, hey, I wanted to put you in this area because I see that you have a couple couple kids and this is the kids love it, this area. And it's also you can keep, you know, if they want to stretch out and move around a little bit, it's not as hard for them to do. Like those things, like we have that happen to us. So that's that's really that extra service. When you know you have someone that's actually not just putting you into a, a, 
a table, but putting you into the right table and communicating that to you. So we've had that happen before and we really appreciated it. I love that. All right. So as you think you've dined at enough restaurants, I'm sure you've worked with a bunch of restaurant owners, right? So I always ask the same question. Uh, if a genie came down, I could grant you one wish, uh, as it relates to, I'll say small, the world of small business. If it's, uh, around the world of restaurants, that's great. If there's something that drives you crazy about it and you say, Hey, this guy's going to fix it. The wave of the wand, you don't get three wishes. You only get one. Uh, what would it be? If you could wave the wand and ensure that your small business, whatever it is, but restaurants being one as well, operates like a Fortune 500 company, right? Not only in the back office and the accounting side, which is you know something that can be done when you have all your ducks in a row, but on the front-facing side as well. That would be the magic wand to like you walk into this owner-operator, you know, store. And you're getting a an experience um, that's so clean and so customer driven that you would think that it's like the most well run, you know, um, Fortune 500 platform. I, I I I love that. I spend a considerable amount of my day, every single day, trying to help people put those systems, frameworks, simple structures into place. Uh, great. Uh, number four. What would you uh, What would you tell someone who's about to open their first business? Um, I'd say you're making a great choice. You're going to be your own, your, your own boss and being your own boss is essentially can be a great thing because you can control your schedule, but just remember you can control what 12 to 14 hours a day you work, <laughs> but you, you know, when you're starting your business, you're probably yep. going to work 12 to 14 hours a day and you can control because you could, you're the, you're the boss. You can control when you work those 12 to 14 hours. But the goal would be yep. get so efficient in your process that you don't have to. You can basically have someone else run your business or you can go into your business very little amount of time. But have fun in your, in your ramp up. Choose your 12 to 14 hours a day wisely. And then, of course, get to the point where you are, you, you're only spending three or two or one hour a day because you have someone else basically um, running the business for you. I love it. I think that's really great. All right, last question. Uh, tell me about the future. Uh, so the world has changed uh, in profound ways in the last, let's say, eyeball it at 20 years uh, with the explosion of the internet and email and smartphones and on and on and on and on. Now AI and augmented reality and such. Uh, but look into the future. Uh, this can be a big thing. This can be a small thing. Uh, look five years down the line and tell me what's coming. Tell me uh, what you think might happen uh, that other people may not see coming? Hmm. Well, I think that we all need to be cognizant of a uh, of a financial shift in the way that we transact. I mean, obviously, we've been using these for a number of years, right? Credit cards and, you know, obviously cash is becoming less and less and less viable, right? How many people carry cash and change in their pocket? I mean, obviously, it becomes right. less and less, but I think that in five years, and particularly for retailers and restauranteurs and anybody that's selling, you know, merchandise or, or um, tangibles, we got to make sure that they're in front of this uh, digital currency. So I think in five years, we may not be using money nearly the same that we do now. And I really do think five years, I mean, sometimes people think that's too quick. But so thinking that through and making sure that um, they're prepared for 
how are they going to run their business um, if the if the method of which they're receiving dollars is significantly different? Um, you know, they might not never see a cash again. You know. I think I think that's really great, and I don't think five. The reason I picked five years is because the last three years we watched the world shift so much. I mean, just in the last three years, roughly about ten percent of the restaurants in this country now have gone to some sort of digital ordering piece. Either you order on a QR code on your app, on a phone, on an iPad, or if it's a quick service restaurant, uh, you order via kiosk or something like that. Ten percent. Three years ago, it was probably 1%, 2%. And those were probably all McDonald's, you know, when you order on the kiosk because they <laughs> launched them in, what, 2015, 16, 17. They did the big rollout of those. Uh, but now we're seeing it everywhere. And it's still in that, I'll say, just under 10%. But that's already a huge shift. It's tens and tens of thousands of restaurants. And so I, I think that's one of those things where just looking at what's happened in the last three years, to look forward another five years. And every time I ask this question, uh, I get a really, uh, really interesting answers from the guests on the show. So uh, I appreciate it, your answer. Um, listen, Mark, I appreciate uh, you taking the time out to sit and chat with me. Again, uh, I, I just try to do interesting interviews here for the audience here, presenting guests and topics that may not always seem obvious. There's plenty of time to talk about operations and marketing and profitability and cogs and keeping our labor down and driving catering sales and all of that. Uh, but I think this is a little bit more personally focused, obviously. Um, and I think it's a, it's a bunch of listeners who are owners, owner operators. And I think having you come on to sort of open their eyes to some of this stuff is helpful. Tell me or tell the audience uh, where, where can they go to learn more about you or to connect with you if they, uh, get to the end of this interview and say, hey, yeah, I really want to connect with Mark. Yeah, Chip, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much. A lot of very fun interview, right? It didn't feel like an interview. It felt more like a conversation. So uh, thank you for that. Yeah, if they, I'd say just go to my website, peakprofitsolutions.com. And that's, you know, profit as in money, P-R-O-F-I-T, not like a <laughs> profit, like biblical. <laughs> peakprofitsolutions.com and on that they're going to have they're going to see a little bit about me they're all, they can actually look at case studies if they want to look at case studies like order up some case studies or they could just literally I have a calendar link on my website they can just find the schedule of time 15 20 minutes that they just want to chat a little bit about their situation and again it's a going to be a really good 15 to 20 minute conversation uh, I, I guarantee it. Perfect. So that would be the best thing to do. Just Perfect. Go to my website and book it. Book an appointment. Excellent. Of course, we'll keep that. Uh, we'll put that link in the show notes. Mark, I appreciate you taking the time. Any last words of advice before I kick you out of here? No, I mean I think that uh, you've 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 asked me so many good questions. I don't know if I have any more good advice, but uh, I'd say uh, good. You know, um, yeah. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Yeah, perfect, perfect. Mark, thank you very much. All the best uh, the rest of your day, and uh, great chatting with you. You too. Thanks, Chip. So once again, I want to thank Mark for taking time out of his day to sit and chat with us. If you need uh, if you need him for any reason, if you want to learn more, if you're curious, uh, by all means, reach out. Uh, the information is in the show notes, and I hope you do. Uh, once again, I want to thank you for uh, for tuning in today. A lot of great podcasts you can listen to. I know you've got limited time, uh, and I appreciate you spending part of your week here with me. Uh, if you want to learn more, again, about the P3 Mastermind, visit Restaurant Strategy Podcast dot com slash schedule set up a free call uh, we'll get to learn more about you and your business 
business, you'll get to learn more about the program. I look forward to speaking with many of you. I have tons of these calls every single week. We bring like 10 to 15 new people into the program every single month. The program works. That's why uh, That's why people keep coming to it. So if you've been on the fence, if you're not sure whether it works, if you're not sure whether it will work for you, I urge you to set up uh, a call with somebody from me or my team. Uh, we will walk you through it. We'll explain everything that we do. Appreciate you guys being here. Thank you very much, and I will see you next time.